You're listening to the Be Great Podcast, where we share strategies to bring out the best in you. My name is Brittany Greathouse, creator of the Be Great brand. I believe that greatness is at the core of everyone. So the only question you need to ask yourself is, why be good when you can be great? What's up, y'all? This is Brittany Greathouse. And she's sick. Okay, yes, I am sick. And this is her mother, Tony the Talker. Blah, blah, blah. She wanted that. I love that. Yes. <laughs> and you're listening to the Be Great Podcast. Episodes of the Be Great Podcast share lessons learned and actionable insights that you can implement to bring out the best in you and bridge the gap between knowing and doing, empowering you to be great. So again, I'm here with my mom, and we also have a guest, Miss Anita Kanto-Scott. Yay! We're, you didn't cue all the um, applause, so... Anita, thank you so much for being here. And I have to tell you guys, she is a very special guest. She is my shero. So if you want to talk about the essence of an entrepreneur, the essence of a go-getter and a doer, this is this lady that's in the studio right now. She came on the scene in Bolingbrook, Illinois. We live in a Chicago suburb like gangbusters. And uh, she's going to introduce herself, but she is the only African-American woman in Bolingbrook to own a professional office complex, Wow! which she built from scratch. And she's both Brittany and my lawyer. She is. Yes. So, Anita, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, um, I am an attorney. I've been practicing in Bolingbrook for over 20 years. I started my own law practice, um, partly because it was difficult to land a job that I wanted. Okay. And also, um, when I looked around Bolingbrook at the time, there weren't any African-American attorneys. And I found that really strange um, because there was quite an African-American population. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and there wasn't that many women attorneys either. I can count Mm -hmm. on one hand how many female attorneys there were and probably still now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I thought, hey, you know what? Why don't I hang out a shingle? I, I don't really have much to lose. My parents were living here. They offered me the basement of their house and um so I hung up my shingle and started let me let me stop you for a second this lady too she is I I have to pull things out of her because she's so humble so can you tell it you graduated from Bolingbrook High School yes so then you went to college and then you got your Juris Doctorate so tell us a little bit about what happened after you graduated from college what what type of a student were you well, I was <laughs> I was a pretty good student. Um, I knew going to college, I went to Adrian College in Adrian, Michigan. It was a predominantly white college, very small, mm-hmm. uh, about 1,200 students. And so while I was there, we started a group called Alpha, African Americans uh, Promoting Higher Achievement. And um, so there was, I don't know, maybe eight of us. Somebody put on Facebook wow. um, <laughs> the part of the founding <laughs> members. And uh, I said, oh, my gosh, I've been doing this for a long time, finding th- founding <laughs> things. Um, and so we were just kind of um, 
doing our little protests, asking for more, more diversity on campus, um, asking them to hire um, more ethnic uh, professors and teach more um, ethnic classes. And at the time, they weren't celebrating Martin Luther King Day. We were demanding that, um, you know, that day be off. And so we were just kind of doing different things, and we got the president's ear and some people to listen and make some changes. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was, you know, pretty cool. Um, so, so, I, so was that the seeds of the legal thing, or was think, this on your trajectory all along? I, I don't know. I think it's always been within me. I've always found a, an affinity for the Constitution, for civil rights, just for justice, peace, equality. Um, so it was just something, you know, if something doesn't sit right, I feel like, you know what, we need to make a change. And you can't just sit back and wait for other people to make the change. So you got to just kind of try to make, you know, yeah. do something about it. So coming you know? into school, you knew that you wanted to be a lawyer. I did. Okay. I did. I just dreamed about it since I was like 12. Wow. So I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. And um so I, you know, made sure I worked hard to get the grades because I knew getting into law school was really, Tough. really, yes, challenging. <laughs> and so I was on the National Honor Society, um, you know, got on the dean's list time after time and, you know, made sure that I had the grades and the classes and, you know, worked hard so that I could apply and get into some schools. I eventually got into um Indiana University School of Law in Bloomington, okay. now the Maurer School. Very nice, yeah. It's a beautiful and campus there, too. It is. About 3,000 people applied. They let in 230, wow. and that was our largest thought, class. Can you can you please cue again? Some more class. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That is a, can I Can I ask you something also? When you were in college, were you your advocate, or did you have people that were helping to guide you and mold you and shape you? We had um, counselors um, and some people on campus. Um, there was a, um, a counselor that was over the Office of Minority Student Affairs that was very encouraging and helpful mm-hmm. that we could go to with our problems and, you know, different things that we were experiencing on campus. And so that kind of helped a, a lot. Um, I eventually got into our Student Activities Council. I was the um, treasurer because we wanted to bring more diverse uh, programming to campus. And and so that was really neat um, in terms of being able to do that. We actually brought in, um, oh my gosh, we brought in a, a, a lot of people. Zane, uh, we brought in um, Father MC and some other people trying to, you know, diversify it. So, um, so that was really interesting. But you know, we kind of band together as a group of minorities and, and had the help of different counselors and people that were willing to help make the campus more inviting to minorities. It seemed like your peers, too, were like your support system as well. Like you guys were all oh, yeah. in it together. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah for sure. We oh, and, yeah. and like everything, we had radical people. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> and like, calm down. We, we can't we can't just storm into the president's <laughs> office. We got to we got to find a different way. So um, but it, yeah, it was it was a very interesting um, time period. But I, I really think that that had a lot to do. And, and I editorialize and kind of talk about your story, too. 
When you landed in Bolingbrook, you were kind of on hold. So you had taken the bar in 1999. I think you said, was it like July, something yeah. like? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you don't find out. You didn't find out until November, correct? Um, October. October. I got sworn in in November, but okay. we don't find out till October. So okay. it was, I think it was like six, eight weeks waiting to figure out what, whether you passed or not. And then didn't you say you had it like a, a public defender type job and then it fell through because of a grant and you were like okay what am I going to do so then let's let's talk about because that's the point I believe that I met you at our Bolingbroke Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. yes okay Yes. So I found the local attorney. I basically walked around. I was working temp jobs. I remember working at an eye doctor place and, wow. you know, answering phones and taking out trash. And um, and so I found an attorney that I was able to sort of intern with and help out um, until I found out my bar results. And um, so then we had some ideas of how we were going to proceed and I was going to work for them. And some things changed and I decided why don't I hang out my own shingle? And I talked to some other attorneys that I knew, uh, family, friends, and which there weren't that many. <laughs> so maybe I should say the one <laughs> family friend who was an That's attorney. It. And um, said, you know what, Nita, uh, experience is something you never have enough of. And that just kind of resonated with me. And I was like, well, if I'm sitting around waiting to have enough experience and it's never going to happen, mm-hmm. maybe there's no time like the present. And so um, I said, well, would you help me if I get stuck? And I said, sure. And I just went for it. Wow. What what was that in you that were just like, you know what, like no fear. I'm just going to make this leap and I'm just going to do it. Yeah, because you've been like that, like as long as I have. But in this very like laid back, because I was always like, you're an introvert, right? And you're like, "Uh, no. And I'm like, but you're really quiet. And you're like, "Uh, no. And I'm like, okay. She, she just did a little rap for us before this. Like, <laughs> there's nothing introverted about no. that. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Would you do that? Because that was so cute. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, that was so cute. My all-time favorite rap. L.L. Cool J. I need love. When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall. And then in the back of my mind, I hear my conscious call telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as a dove. So the first time in my life, I see I need love. <laughs> yeah, very what, good. That, that okay. was the cut. That was, I'm sorry. I'm that sorry. Was I'm sorry. Great. All, I'm all sorry. this, all this applause. <laughs> but yeah, what was that in you? You know what? First of all, once you find out you pass the bar, which yep. is like two days, eight hours long, wow. um, with a wow. history of so many people not passing the first time, yeah. Yeah, you get that. all the confidence in the world. <laughs> you feel like Superwoman. You're just like, whatever. I can lift up a bus. I can do anything. Cause right. it's, uh, talk about a confidence booster. Um, so I was kind of still in that, you know, feeling that vibe and... Um, and I just figured, you know what, what do I have to lose? I'm not going to be homeless if this doesn't work. My parents have a, a roof for me to stay. I'll be able to yeah, eat. Yeah, but you, you invested. You went into a space. So yes. that's going into a space without having the finances for mm-hmm. the space. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Or well, the client. You didn't have the clientele either, did you? No, I did not. So, you oh. know, ironically, the one client I had was the person I subleased the space from. Wow. And so what I did was I negotiated the deal and I said, hey, I'll do your case. Give me three months free rent. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of did that bargain. And so I subleased a um, very tiny, tiny, tiny room. And, um, and so I knew I had like three months to kind of 
get off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I had $1,000 to my name that I used to purchase a telephone and different office equipment, um, brought my college computer <laughs> and, you know, use that to start the business. And so um, within those three months, I, I got really lucky because he was an accountant. And um, at this point, it's January and people are coming in and I'm like, hi, you need a lawyer? Hi, I can help you. Do you need a lawyer? Hi, I'm a new lawyer. And so I'm, you know, passing out cards left and right. And people are like, oh, yeah, by the way, I do have this legal problem. And yeah, I have this problem. And so I started slowly picking up, you know, one or two clients like a week. And then it just started building up. Mm-hmm. And I had taken the case that um, the previous person I interned with didn't want. And um, it had to do with a carbon monoxide poisoning case of a, a little young girl. She's about eight or ten. And um, the insurance company was on the other side, and I called them probably every other day. I'm like, did you get my letter? Um, are you going to settle this case? Do I have to sue you? Here's the case law. What, have you have you uh, looked at this yet? Where's, where's the offer? She you was know, hungry. So, yeah. she, she was, was hungry. hungry. Grinding. I was hungry. Yeah, Grinding. I was hungry. And it's funny now because when people call me, like when I get attorneys that call me like, you know, two times a week on a file, I'm like, you have nothing else to do. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, yeah. I was there. <laughs> so with that, it just kind of built up. I would see people at Walmart, give them a card. Like, can I, wow. you know, do you, here, I'm a new lawyer in town. Wait a minute. Uh, this so. woman worked the chamber like it was a second <laughs> job, too. So, you know, here's a takeaway. You have, what is it? Hungry mouth, closed mouths. Don't, don't get, get fed. fed. Yeah. Yep. So you have to ask. Mm-hmm. You And you have to ask confidently. And you have to ask knowing that you're bringing so much to the table. And she was so not afraid you. to hear no, too. Oh, God. Saying, and, oh, do you and have a legal keep... problem? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, no, it's like, well, you might. <laughs> right. I was so surprised at how many people were receptive. First, they think you're trying to sell them something. Mm-hmm. And when they realize you're giving them a card for something they could use or yeah. know someone they could use, mm-hmm. they were really receptive. They were like, oh, okay, thank mm-hmm. you. And they, you know, would put it. Um, so I got more yeses than noes um, in terms of being receptive to that. Can I say something else, too? And, and I love this about you. Volunteerism was always strong with you. And even when you didn't have anything, even when you really were not 1,000% sure that things were going to take off, you still founded the Black History Awareness Club. You still said, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to do something for the community and for other people. And you just put on the most amazing show. I mean, every year there's 900 seats in the auditorium at Bolingbrook High School. And yeah, every single... but that's okay. Okay, 800. <laughs> you know me. But every single one of them was filled. So can you tell us about that and tell us about that passion and also um, fusing your Ghanaian background also? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well... When I looked around, there was nothing to do for Black History Month. And I was used to doing college programming and, you know, bringing diversity and experiencing diversity. And it was like, whoa, what what do you mean there's nothing going on? Um, So I'm like, well, let's change that. She's she's being the change again. Yeah, being the change. So I said, let's change that. And um, so I pitched my idea. And I got a couple of people that, you know, wanted to get involved personally. And we just picked a date in February and and it was it was crazy because that was the same year I made Meyer my best friend because um, I had made a a documentary. The Stormire? 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. They did a book because I got really mad. You were in school. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not doing anything for Black History Month? And at the time, I'm not going to say the superintendent's name. It was not our superintendent now. And he just looked at me and he was like, well, I'm sorry. He was like, if you are so passionate about Black History, why don't you do something? So I went to Meyer and they underwrote a book. And then that Media One underwrote a documentary, gave me $30,000 and we wow. taped that. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, Anita and I were talking and I was just all like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> And yeah, what, how, remember, when was this? You joined us. And yeah, you, you helped us um, get it off the ground. From, and then, just Meyer. Yeah, but, just it, Meyer. but it was really helpful. It was really helpful. <laughs> and I mean, you know what? I know you're showcasing me, but I mean, your mom, Brittany. Oh my gosh, she Thank has you. the best ideas, and she <laughs> takes things to the to A the next level. <laughs> she, I mean, so from starting that program. You know, we had like two or three weeks, less than a month to put that program together. And we did it. And we did it at the Levy Center. And that Levy Center was standing room Room only. only. It was. I mean, it was in excess of, you know, three or four hundred people. It was was ridiculously crowded. Um, They kept bringing out more chairs and more chairs. What did you all do? She had the fashion show. Yeah, we had an African fashion show. We had poetry reading. You Um, had food. Yes, we had food because, you know, in college, that was the only way you got people to come <laughs> yep. to the program. You yep. had to say you had some sort of That's food, yep. and then that was it. You were going to get the audience. That's it. Um, but um, your mom was just like, hey, look, we can get Meyer. We can do this. We were like, wow, this is like big stuff. <laughs> like, okay. You know, that's a big league here. <laughs> and sure enough, we stepped out of faith, and it was like, hey, you know what? She set the bar. Oh, Why are we you. down here? We could be up here. Mm-hmm. And so, um, not that anyone could see me signaling, but <laughs> but we could be higher. And so when the new Bolingbroke High School opened up, or I guess it was new then, mm-hmm. um, we were like, hey. Why don't we go to that auditorium? Because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We have outgrown this space. And um, taking a leave from Tony, let's shoot for the stars. So we were like, um, we need to be in this new space. And uh, we weren't sure if we would get it because it was brand new. It's state of the art. Oh, my. Can can you talk about some of the entertainment? Because you've had... Black Greek step shows. Oh, and Sandra Bland, mm-hmm. um, the panel. Yeah, yeah, you had that panel. You've. What was the name of the man? This last time he did a show and he did Sam Cooke and oh, he did Daryl Van Leer. Oh. Daryl Van Leer. So he travels all across the country putting on shows. He is phenomenal. He has so much talent. Oh. Um, he does music. He does poetry. He does reenactments. And he just becomes that person. Mm. Um, we got to see him perform Frederick Douglass at a church on the south side the next day. And, um, I mean, I thought I was standing in front of Frederick wow. Douglass. Uh, he wow. just brings you into the character. Uh, he is definitely amazing. Because he killed it as Ray Charles. Oh, yes, for sure. I was He really, like, channels these different people. Mm-hmm. But the diversity that she brings in, and this is what I like about you. And, and now I got to get to the Diamond Office Complex, girl, because I, I just cannot let that go. So she is my shero. That is an S on hero. She (laughs) earned it. This woman, when things were the toughest, when the recession hit, and it's crazy because, you know, you got people all around town, and they were just going to wait her out, you know, because she broke ground. She how many acres is it over there? 
It's, it's just a little bit over one acre. Oh, just a little yeah. over one acre. Okay. You have so a pediatric can, can suite you, can in you give there? This, can you give this background? So you're, you're saying this, da, 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 but like what, what, what did she do? She did everything. She was the general contract. Well, not the general contractor. Eventually she, it became the general contractor. She, so, <laughs> so you bought a space. I, what I did was I bought the land. Okay. So the land, um, ironically, I had been walking past that land for I don't know how many years. Oh, so it wasn't a building on it. No, 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 no. She it was the just, building. It was just wow. a plain... You know, land, actually the weeds had, weeds and the grass had gotten so tall, you could see like coyotes running around and, okay. you know, all kinds of prey. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it was like a little wilderness. <laughs> um, and um, I saw a sign on there one day for sale. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, OK. And I had been seeing different signs. And I'd call and they would just ignore me. And um, this one person that's, called that's, me back. That's interesting, too. And not to get on our African American woman soapbox, but that's real people. They ignored you. Invisible. Oh yeah. Like like you don't. You had your practice and everything up too. Right? I just didn't even Invisible. get return calls or just didn't get taken seriously. Wow. And so this one person returned my call. We had a meeting. Um, we negotiated the price for the land, and um, they introduced me to their banker, and it just kind of all started to connect. And so. I originally I was just going to build a law office for just me mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the whole thing about change, I'm like, I don't want to pay rent forever right. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and I need a better space. I wasn't yeah. quite feeling the space I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the architect said, why would you waste that type of land? Just build as big as you can go mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, you're not wasting an acre of land, you know. So I was like, OK, Um and let's do this. Let's build as big as we can. And I figured maybe other people were tired of, you know, renting space or wanted a better space. And so then we just got involved with the design of the building, you know, getting the general contractor, doing all kinds of different things. And when the general... Working with the architect. I mean, you did everything. Yes. Yes. Every... yes, yes. And I remember the groundbreaking. Everybody in Bolingbrook showed up. It was beautiful. How many offices do you have in there? What's the... So it's about almost shy of 14,000 square feet. And there's 10... um, (laughs) There's 10 office units in there. Big thanks. Wow. With my office holding one of them. (laughs) Mom, you love these sound effects. I do. 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 I'm sorry. You said how many buildings? There's 10 office suites. And and my office is is occupying one of them. Okay. Can, Can you walk them through... Because here is the thing, this woman, marble, I mean, absolutely unbelievable, even the bathrooms are beautiful. So walk us through that process, because you went all the way in, you invested, you did it, and you held on to this space. The whole building was equipped, right? Mm -hmm. And she held on Mm -hmm. to the space you wrote out the recession. You wrote out the naysayers. And I think you took, we're also Rotarians. We're mm-hmm. uh, in Bolingbrook Rotary together. And when was that? Now, walk us through also, was it 2006? When did this journey start with the building? Probably, it was 2007. 2007 was the concept and, you know, mm-hmm. getting the architect. And last year was when you got your final space, right? Absolutely. So that was, yeah, that so was like, yes. yeah. Tell Absolutely. us about that. Yeah, a, a big thing about this podcast, too, is talking about like, um, and not even just failure, but like when people are going through the grind, right? Everyone hears like once someone has made it and then once you made it to everyone else, you seem, you seem so far off. 
So like what helped you like just persevere and keep going? Because that's not like, oh, I waited a year or I waited two years. Like that's over 10 years. So like what in you is just like, you know what? It's going to work out. You know, I I think it's a lot about just having faith. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't easy. I, I remember time pulling up to the building and I just was in tears because it was every dime I ever saw was going in that building. And I remember even calling my sister. I'm like, you know, I had to make this payment. Should I even make it? Like, I'm tired. And she's like, well, do what you think is past. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you are so not helpful. So, I, you know, I prayed about it, um, kept in faith. And, um, I mean, it, it was it was hard. I mean, there was times where I went home, my water was off. And, yeah. you know, I was a single mom at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was like, mom, the water's not working. I'm like, oh, okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, oh, there's just something going on with the lights. You know, maybe something in the area. I don't uh-huh. know. We'll figure it out, you know. And I'm like, holler, like, can you turn the water back yeah. on, please? Uh, so, I mean, it, so it, it was rough. It wasn't It wasn't easy. There was a lot of sacrifices. I went without having cable. Uh, mm. The antenna on the TV was, wasn't working, so I was throwing in those VHS tapes, you know. <laughs> and it was like some Disney show, one after the other. Um, but it was just having a lot of faith, believing that God didn't bring me so far to, yes. to let me fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that regardless of what happened, I was going to give it my all. And mm-hmm. if, if it just wasn't meant to be, I knew that, um, if I had to walk away, it wasn't because I left a stone unturned. Mm-hmm. It was because I gave it everything I had. And, and no matter what, with faith, it was going to work out some way, somehow. I mean, I knew just to run my practice, I would always find another space to run practice, right. you know. Um, so it and was... And then there was people, right, like Wayne, who's also, he's a state's attorney. Mm-hmm. You had so many people that were also giving you, referring you, things like that. So that, and then, you know, you, you met your dream man, too. <laughs> you got married, had a destination <laughs> wedding, Uh-oh. two more kids. No, you know, it's... It's always sometimes just hold on. I mean, the nature of life is change. And no matter how bad you have it right now, everything could turn on a dime, like in that very next second. So you have to hold on. And in the toughest times, I think it helps to say, you know, you have to have a little bit of maturity to to say, God, what do you need me to learn? You know, God, what are you trying to teach me? Because in the toughest times, that's when you're learning and that's when you're growing. And you could not have gotten to where you are now if you would have given in, you know, if you would have said, oh, oh, my God, you know, I, I'll never pay the lights out. You know, I'll, I'm just going to chuck it. And, and you never did that. And I never knew. No one ever knew from the outside. Girl. You always, to me, look like, I run this. Mm-hmm. I own this. I mm-hmm. got this. <laughs> Rolling around in your very nice vehicles all the time. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Well, I, I have a question, too. So now at this point in time, from the outside looking in, it looks like, you know, you have everything. So, like, what do you, do you have, like, anything that you're shooting for now or, like, like any more? Like, what are your next steps? Well, um... I knew that once I got the building filled, I would probably just kind of try to take a little bit of a break, yep, yep. you know, because it's been a long journey. Yep. But it's funny you ask that because every now and then I think, oh, 
what's my next move? Mm-hmm. And I think of different things and I say, hmm, am I ready for that challenge? Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that this has taught me is that nothing's easy. Nothing's uh, you know, easy. And, and one of my favorite quotes is to um, accept, accept expect the road to success to be bumpy. And so it's like, am I ready for another bumpy ride? Because, you know, you have this vision and it's like, okay, Anita, you know things are not going to go the way you want it to go. Mm -hmm. And you know there's going to be some ups and downs and some serious dips. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. And so then it's kind of like, let me get a little bit more strength first. Okay, okay. (laughs) Let me enjoy this first before, um, you know, I take on something more knowing that it's going to have, you know, uh, some bumps. So I, I'm just kind of, you know, enjoying life. I got my three kids, you know, my, uh, my oldest is 16. Uh, he'll be heading to college in 2021. Where's I he going? I'm not sure yet. He's okay. looking more on the East Coast. I mean, okay. we're, we're crossing our fingers for Yale. So, okay. Ooh. Uh, but he's doing really good, you know. Yes. Um, he's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> see, that's what Here, I see. Here's the humility he's again. Yes. Maybe, maybe somewhere on the Paul, <laughs> Paul is br- But even when Paul was a little boy, Paul was like, I don't know. It's his, his, his presence. Yeah. Like a little old man. Yeah. He's sixteen, going on fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, and I have my five-year-old and my four-year-old, yeah. so I'm enjoying them mm-hmm. too. So, um, you know, maybe a few more vacations. Then yes. I'll then I'll look at what <laughs> what's up next. Okay. So, yeah, that's cool. So now is the time. Do you want to ask the question? I Brittany? do. So, um, always back to being great. So, is there someone you know within your um within your circle of influence who is being great right now? And this is someone that like is not like a, a Beyonce or an Obama, but someone in your everyday life that you see being great and you're able to kind of just shout them out and maybe tell how they're like either influencing you or even just like a shout out. You know, um, it's funny you ask that. Um, There are so many people I know and in honor of uh, Women's History Month Mm -hmm. and um, primarily being a divorce lawyer uh, among other areas of law, I had to give out shout out to all the moms, you know, all the moms, all the single moms, People that are um, just struggling every day to take care of their kids, balance, um, you know, life, work-life balance. Um, When their kids are sick, trying to make other arrangements, trying to get to work, trying to pay the bills. Just carrying all the load and making sure that their children are clothes fed, um, doing well in school. I mean, it's being a parent is the hardest job in the world. Really and is. I just never, you know, you don't know that till you have kids. And um, just a, a, a whole bunch of respect to all the mothers and no disrespect to the fathers, but it's Women's <laughs> History Month. So um, just so just a shout out to them. They are being great every day and no one is applauding them. It's more like this is what That's you're supposed true. to do. That is true. And, you know, as women, as mothers, mm-hmm. you know, we put ourselves second or third, <laughs> yep. last for sure and we're serving everyone else's needs nurturing um doing everything and it's the toughest job in the world it really is um it, it it's is. i mean it's more difficult than being an attorney I, there's times where i rather go into the <laughs> office to deal with my kids i'm like hey look that's hard I, let me go to work so um so yeah i had to I give out that. shout out to I, all the moms can i can i do my be great mm-hmm. shout out right now i'm gonna shout out my mama Mama. Uh, Her name is Dorothy McGuffin. She is also humble. She's got 18 million degrees, but Mm -hmm. she's a former counseling professor. And I was 
a horrible child to raise. So, you know, I love my mother. I talk to her every day. Um, She's on this walk of faith. And what I love about my mom is she, the church is in her and she lives, she, she's my role model. She is who I want to be. She volunteers. Uh, we were there a couple weekends ago and a friend called her with a medical issue and we were eating. Mom dropped everything that she was doing. Now, my mother has just broken her arm, right? <laughs> my mother <laughs> dropped everything and she's like, we have to go. We, we have to. And then she sat with her at the hospital. But that's who she is, anybody who needs her. Right now, she's volunteering. She's outside of St. Louis, so she's volunteering in her community Mm -hmm. to help people who don't understand how to do taxes. And the woman doesn't even do taxes. (laughs) Help them how to do taxes. And so every day I say, please, please, can I just be more like my mom? So that's, thank you very much for that. Because I want, not that my mother was a single mother, but. Right, I mean, you know, all moms. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope to be like you as well. I think Aww. all the things that <laughs> you talk you. about, Mom, actually are like the same thing with you too. If anyone calls you, you drop things and you go help people too. If someone calls you, also one thing I like about you too is like if someone has an idea, you're also like, oh my God, they have the most brilliant idea. This is awesome. I can't believe like this person's my friend. Like you talk about Miss Anita all the time. And I'm like, man, this lady is just doing it. Like... Uh, and, and whenever now, anytime I, I need a lawyer or anything, the first person that pops up into my mind is you. Well, she but, was your lawyer. Yes. When yes. she did your real uh-huh. estate. For my hey, I'm still her lawyer. Come oh, on. yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Still. I'm sorry. Can I say one last thing? Because I know we got to mm-hmm. wrap up. You know what? Don't believe the hype. I, I hate that thing that women don't support women or black women don't support, but you know, what have you, mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you that that is a flat out lie. And if you hear somebody say that you challenge them, right? Because what they're saying is maybe what they feel. Mm-hmm. Don't even let that bother you. Just brush that away because we do support each other. We are here for each other. And, uh, we're, we're powerful. And if you don't see it, be the change. Thank mm-hmm. you. And so one last thing um, I want to ask you is how can people get connected if they need your services, uh, if they exactly. need a lawyer? Um, definitely. My number is 630-783-8292. Or you can look up consulscottlaw.com. And um, we're, we're located at 260 South Schmidt Road in Bolingbrook, Diamond Creek Professional Building. So. A beautiful Diamond Creek Professional Building. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for thank being on the Be Great Podcast. Thank you. I really enjoyed Thanks having you. you. Thanks for having me, ladies. Okay, one last. One last. One last applause. Thank you. <laughs>